What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. The question comes up often. I think it's a good question, Joey. If I have no money, can I get into the real estate investment business? Oh, yeah. We hear that all the time. I mean, today's guest basically did it with no money. What do you mean? Well, he took a $30,000 loan. He didn't have any cash of his own. He got into it completely with someone else's money. Well, how did he feel like he could do that? Well, he had to walk away from his job. Okay, that's that's the bigger thing in my mind. Okay, it's not about not having money. I think the, one of the biggest like internal questions people have is, how do I leave the security of a nine to five to go down this path of fill in the blank, real estate, e commerce, land flipping, short term rentals, whatever it may be? How do I leave the security of that? And I think that is the key thing I took away from today's interview. Well. Our guest today, Matt Faircloth, is if you listen to Bigger Pockets, you've probably heard him. He guest hosts sometimes on there. He um, he and his wife run a real estate investment company. I think that you're going to enjoy the story as we break down three different ways that you might leave a nine to five to get into the real, real estate investment space. You're learning from someone who's been doing it since 2005. Matt's an expert. We had a lot of fun on this podcast episode. So let's jump in with Matt Faircloth. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. We are in for a treat today. Today, we have Matt Faircloth joining us. Matt, so glad to have you, brother. It's awesome to be here, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Many ways someone can leave their job and jump into the real estate investing space. Back in 2005, you did one of those. Let's talk a little bit about that, and then maybe we can break out the other two for those listening who, who maybe also want to quit their job and fire their boss. How did you quit your job in 2005, Matt? No problem. Well, first of all, I, so thank you. It's a great, it's a great topic because I talk to a lot of people, as I'm sure you guys do too, that you know want to uh, get out of their day job, which they hate, and get into their passion. Um, the only thing I caught, and I, t- I say this to people too, that you should not want to quit your job to get into real estate or to get into any business venture, by, for that matter, because you don't like your job, right? If you don't like your job, go get a new job. Right. You know, right. The, the, the thing is, is that entrepreneurship, uh, you think working 40 hours a week is tough, right? 
being an entrepreneur, man, like at five o'clock, you don't get to stop thinking about work, right? Uh, as an entrepreneur, it's a 24-7 journey, man. You toss and turn a lot at night thinking hold about on, work. Hold on. Uh, Joey, did you hear what he said? At five o'clock, <laughs> you don't get to turn this thing off. I, um, I, I don't tell me that. He's been okay. turning it off, man, for a long time at five o'clock, but keep going. <laughs> I, I hear you. I'm, resi I'm resonating Dang. with you. I'm with I you. can't reach this man after he's Joey. Right, right, right. Joey's got the phone turned off. He's disconnected, whatever. <laughs> Any entrepreneur listening understands that, you know, you become immersed in, 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 uh, in, in your involvement in, in the world and in, in, in your business. And if your vision is to start a business so that you can sit my ties on the beach in a year or two or in six months, right? You're tripping. It's not going to happen, right? It's not the way the world is. You're likely going to work really, really hard and make a really good living at something you love. But if you just don't like your job, just go get a new job, man. That's okay. There's a lot of good jobs out there. Uh, so, but if, if your calling is to be in the entrepreneur space and you've got something, you've got the itch, you've got the bug, and it's not just cause you're lazy, you don't want to work, <laughs> you know, then, then, uh, quitting your job so you start your own business or become an entrepreneur in real estate is what it was for me or whatever it is for, for any of your listeners. Then yeah, today's conversation, we, we should really dial deep into how to make it happen for me. You know, I uh, in 2002, uh, I started dating a, a lovely woman named Elizabeth Randazzi, who soon became Elizabeth Faircloth, uh, because she put uh, the, the little purple book called Rich Dad Poor Dad in my hand. Um, wow. And anybody out there dating someone who's, who's a girlfriend or boyfriend gives them a copy of Rich Dad Poor Dad, lock them down, marry them. That's a great, you know, uh, that, that, that's a great alignment. If you're an entrepreneur and they put, they give you Rich Dad Poor Dad, that's a great foundational alignment, right? So her and I read Rich Dad Poor Dad together and got in the entrepreneurial mindset together. And I had a few extra dollars and I was the landlord. I, I was renting a house, my landlord at the time, was uh, ending our lease and telling us that our lease would not be renewed. And so I had a few extra bucks. And so I was like, you know what? This landlording thing makes sense. I'm going to go out and buy a home and I'm going to live in it and rent out some of my bedrooms. And so I bought a single family home and rented out two of the three bedrooms, lived in one, rented out the other two. And the amount of rent I was making from my two buddies was more than the mortgage. So I was making 60 bucks a month and living there for free with a full-time day job. Phenomenal arrangement. And I recommend that anybody who wants to get in the real estate space that has a full-time day job, first move is to do that. Resolve your house, resolve your, if you can do that and lean on your W-2 for now to get qualified for a mortgage, you can alleviate or even make a little bit of cash flow and alleviate your housing expenses. It makes a lot, it makes it a little bit easier to quit your job, doesn't it? You know, right. if, you don't, yeah. if you don't need that couple of grand a month, to pay more to pay your rent, you know, if your tenants are paying that for you, then it makes it easier to quit, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, we we had uh, Craig Curlop with Bigger Pockets on to talk about his book, House Hacking. So it sounds like you're just echoing exactly what he was talking about. He's a great. He's made a living house hacking. Like he's he's built a trail <laughs> of house hacks. Did he tell you about he was house hacking a room at one point? Like he like put up a curtain in the, in the bedroom and had something yeah. else. Yeah, that was totally strange. I didn't resonate. Yeah, I didn't uh, resonate with that. I don't uh, think I could be like living in the corner with the partition between me and everybody else. I'm sure you're doing very well renting out <laughs> half a room with a curtain in between to somebody else. But I need my space. You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, um, 
so that was uh that was your beginning of the arrangement and then my wife be girlfriend because her and i were foundationally aligned and wanted entrepreneurship for ourselves and were willing to practice delayed gratification my wife my girlfriend and i agreed that when we, we became husband and wife when we got married that we would live off of her income we would live below our means and we would you know be able to just have her as our breadwinner while our business was getting built by me on the other side of the equation now, right? now before you get to that i, I want to ask you this sure. you mentioned that if someone's like motivated or called to do this on yes. on the entrepreneur side of things what was it for you that you felt like it was worth that first of all leap of faith and second of all you know this kind of sacrifice as a couple what was on the other side of that for you as for, as far as a calling or whatever into entrepreneurship absolutely thank you and next entrepreneurship into real estate right like i i knew i knew how to sell and so i knew i could bring something to the because any good entrepreneur should know how to sell right whatever it is you're selling right um, and so I knew I could contribute that way to the space. And that's probably the way I would be the, you know, that that's the way I would contribute a bit of myself and my, and my greatness to it is by, is by, you know, whatever needs to get sold, I'd probably be the guy to do that. Um, on top of that, I wanted, I liked real estate in particular because it detached the amount of money you earn from time. Right. Um, meaning like, yeah, you got to put time in to build the assets and to build the business, but the amount of money you make is not correlated to how much time you put in. You got to earn your stripes. You got to earn your, you know, you got to, you got to, you know, build your way up, but it's not directly time to money correlated. That was number one. That's why I liked real estate. Number two, my wife and I want to make a difference and we want to, uh, you know, benefit the lives of other people, you know, call us, call us do-gooders and whatnot, but we want to make an impact in the world. And we found that real estate, as it provides housing to people, but also employs people and also requires investment of people, that it touched a lot of people's lives. You don't think about it, but sticks and bricks benefits a lot of lives. And so that's how the, the model of our, the mantra of our company, which is to transform lives through real estate, came up and that's why we're so passionate about real estate because we know that we can make a real difference for people through what we do. Um, and so that's the why, uh, the entrepreneurship and that's why real estate too. Well, awesome. when you made that transition, you had obviously a lot of potential challenges in there, right? You, your exposure at that point, it sounds like was limited to the house that you had been renting to your, to the buddies that was living in there. Yeah. And then I'm assuming you guys bought a, a house of your own or did you, did your wife move in there with your two buddies as well? No, nah, man, I convinced this Jersey girl, wife of mine, that, that she convinced that my, my Jersey girl convinced me that we needed to move to New Jersey. Um, <laughs> yeah, you. So, so you let, let, left that house there. So, but when you made that jump to, to full-time real estate, it was a leap of faith. You were, yeah. You're using the go-getter approach. Uh, yeah. For those of you not familiar with the go-getter approach, when you have a wife who is the breadwinner, she she goes to work and you go and get her. The go-getter approach. And, uh, yeah. and, I, I, and, and I had a uh, – my wife was a dentist, and there was a short period of time there. I had that go-getter approach too. I, I loved it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it How encourage it? a short time for me too, but then we get into this thing, and then uh, things built up real fast, and then we had a crash. So yeah. it, ended up being, it ended up being eight years that she was our breadwinner. 
you know, um, but it was only supposed to be like two, you know, um, but, uh, and then she, she was kind enough to remind me of that every year and again. Right. You know, uh, but, but at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that was what it was. And she, because we were foundationally aligned, it worked. Now for the, one of your listeners, your listeners that want to quit their job and a spouse isn't like on the same page or it just is like, ah, you know, I don't know if I want to be the breadwinner or whatever, then you got a problem. You know, it's, it's going to be hard to a liberal your means because we, you know, we're a family of two at the time and we had to live off of the salary of one, you know, and, and so we, we have, we bought half the house we could afford. We lived lean, we deferred vacations, that kind of thing. So we could have what we wanted. Not every spouse is going to be okay with that to, to, to defer some, some benefits for, for long-term gain, you know? Well, and, and you also mentioned that there's potentially three ways yes. people could kind of do that exit strategy, fire their boss, whatever you want to call it. Yes. And let's say that that first one is just not on the, on the board, right? Yeah. It's not an opportunity. Your spouse doesn't make enough. She's not on board. He's not on board, whatever it may be. Walk, or you don't have a spouse. Like, or, you're, or, you're, or you don't have a spouse. Exactly. And you, go, and you, you better not go out there and just marry a paycheck, you know, because that's not, that's not going to make you happy, right? Um, right. Yeah. What about what about the other I just two? Really there trying to find a spouse by saying like, hey, on, on the dating circuit, saying I want someone who can pay my bills so I can start my real estate company. <laughs> put it on match.com, you know, right? I, I, I need I need a sugar daddy or sugar mama, right? Uh, right. So, um, so if you're not, if you're obviously if you're single, and I and I had a friend do this. He was single, did not have a spouse like I did. So what he did, which was option two, um, which was he built his way up through the space by taking on uh, a, you know, like, like a independent contractor slash job role that was around real estate enough that enabled him to uh, do deals, but also make enough to pay his bills. So he was a real estate agent. He did spent most of his time doing leasing, right? And he would take a half a month's rent for leasing out units. He did showings and met with tenants and he got to meet owners. But what that, what that allowed him to do is it allowed him to meet a lot of landlords because they all need they all need units filled. We all got vacancy, you know. And he would go and cold call at the courthouse steps and stuff like that, and be like, "Hey, I see you got a vacancy. I see you got an eviction. Can I fill that for you?" Uh, and oh, by the way, oh, oh no, no, I don't want to fill it. Okay, do you want to sell me your property? Right. So he did really well building relationships with landlords, filling their vacancies, and sometimes buying the real estate from them. And sometimes these landlords were doing well enough that they would start doing seller financing or they would do private loans for him. And he, before you knew it, built up a portfolio of rentals of his own. And this guy, I'm proud to say, is, is a friend of mine, still has over 200 units and they're all his. He, only, he owns wow. them all himself, no investors, has over 200 units of rentals. Um, not big multifamily. Small singles, doubles, triples, those kinds of deals, right? And, and he he did this full time in this leasing agent capacity, or was he just doing that on the side while he had his other W two job or something no. like that? Quit his W two job, quit his W two job, uh, and was able to make ends meet. Now, you know, young single guy living any house hacked was living in a duplex, right? Owned the duplex under seller financing, so had a sell. I mean, he was he, he's this creative dude with a capital C. So was able to negotiate some seller financing on a duplex, lived in one unit, rented out the other one. Rent coming from the other one was not enough to pay his entire expense, but his, he was living at like $400 a month for his housing expenses. So whatever his ancillary expenses were on top of that. 
So with a house hack, he was able to make ends meet at like two or three grand a month. Well, in New Jersey, where everything's expensive, a half a month's rent contributes a lot towards that. So he probably would have only needed a lease between four and six to eight units a month, between four and eight units a month. That's all he needed a lease to pay his bills. Leasing four to eight units a month is not an hour, is not a 40 hour week gig. Right. By the way, before you jump into further on this point, something you just said is so important. If you, if you have thought about firing your boss, yes. Have you done the math, right? Have you done the math and said, what is it that I absolutely have to make? What's my number? Like, what's the number I need to be able to make this transition? And what do I have to produce or supply value to the market is what I would better say in this case, Mm -hmm. to be able to cover that, to allow this transition to happen. And it may be that it's a lot more attainable than you thought. Just because you have a higher salary right now, doesn't mean that you couldn't make the transition if you put some certain things in place like the whole house hacking idea mm-hmm. and or found something that you could trade your time for at a higher variable, you know, that like you said, the dollars and the time and real estate are not necessarily connected. Those are two things I just want to, if you're hearing this, yeah, take note, like you just need to do the math. Like it yeah, may man. be a lot closer than you think. So many Americans have no idea what it really takes to keep their lights on. They can tell you what their mortgage payment is or what their rent is, but what their housing expenses are, which is all that. I mean, that's don't don't that doesn't impress me that people can tell you what their housing expenses. Cause like I said, all that is is their rent plus your utility bill. You know, you gotta tell me if you can't tell me what you're spending a month on food, on travel, on gas, on you know, healthcare insurance, whatever it else you're paying, like that entire enchilada what your monthly nut is all in. If you don't, if you can't spit that out to the, to the penny and the way you do that, and I, and I get it fluctuates. So this, that's what your, your listeners are screaming that at the radio right now. I get it fluctuates, but you should be able to get me a 12 month average. And there's tools out there, mint.com, uh, Ramsey plus there's stuff. There's tools you can use. You guys might have your own tools in your communities as well um, that people can use to build their budgets. And that's that you're right. You want to fire your boss. Step one is understanding what you need to keep your lights on. Whether you use your spouse's income or build an ancillary you know, revenue stream outside of it, whatever it is, you're absolutely right. And if you want to blend in a house hack like Craig Kulap, you know, a la Craig Kulap, then um, you, uh, you, you're going to be that much better to, to reduce your expenses through other people helping you pay your housing expense. Well, and you were talking about tools. We actually built a tool. We refer to it as our, our financial scorecard. And what it does is it allows you to go in there and put in what are those fixed expenses? What are those, That's uh, awesome. you know, the monthly expenses that happen irregularly, you know, all the, all the things that change the gas bills and uh, the vacation expenses from our everyday expenses, the groceries are the money that we just miscellaneously spend. And you can go in there and I'll ask you all those questions because we've already done them in ourselves. And then it just totals it up for you. And it'll tell yeah. you as a percentage, you not only how much your monthly expenses are as a total, but then also on the front end, you get to put in how much passive income do you have so you can determine how close are you to financial freedom. And yeah. I think what you said is that it, without that number, it's really hard. I don't want to miss something else that you said because my brain always is thinking of the creative as well. And you <laughs> said that your friend was 
going to the courthouse, looking for evictions, calling the landlords and trying to help them fill the property. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not a leasing agent, but you would like to be able to buy properties from uh, from owners, whether off the market, go make a friend with a leasing agent. And, <laughs> and then with that, say, here, let's work together. Let's go down to the courthouse. Let's get these leads. And either there'll be an opportunity for you or there'll be an opportunity for me. Like yeah. I just, I just heard that as an op, like just because bringing it, value to the market will always return to you. I mean that yeah. that's the other part of that. Well, yeah. So I got a cat. So that's how Liz and I got our first duplex that, that was not one that I lived in. Was and, and again, I'm you know dating myself, but that's all right. I pulled out the you know the newspaper and looked in the and looked in the parent ads in the newspaper, which now y'all can just look on Craigslist or look on uh, Facebook uh, Marketplace, right? But back then, we looked in the newspaper and started calling for rent ads, right? At the end of the day, like if a landlord is fully leased and everybody's paying, then they're less likely to be motivated to sell to you unless they've got a dog of a real estate investment that's upside down and it's just a pig and it's never going to make any money. You know, you probably don't want to buy it anyway, right? But they're going to be more motivated to talk to you if they've got vacancy. And how do you know if somebody's got vacancy? Well, if they're advertising to fill that vacancy, right? Right. So we would just call for rent ads. And I mean, it was like up and down. Hey, we see, uh, we see you have it listed for rent. Do you have any interest in selling? I see you have it listed for rent. Do you have any interest in selling? Down the line. And we got hung up on. We got quoted ridiculous numbers that were three times the property's worth. Well, if you want to sell it, <laughs> you want to buy it, you know, here's a crazy number. And finally, after like the 55th phone call, no joke, like 55 phone calls, we finally got to somebody that said, yeah, you know what? We've had it. We had, it was a CPA and a financial planner buddy that both were working 70 hours a week that thought it'd be, a lot, be, be really smart to go and buy this real estate asset, not realizing that it actually takes time as well to self-landlord a real estate asset. And these tenants were just kicking these guys' butt and they, they were just eating them alive because they were just both too nice, didn't have any rental standards. Uh, and so they're like, yeah, you know what? We would. And so we, they, we, they spit out a number. It actually worked for us. And so we put together a deal. And so I still see deals get made that way uh, for people that if you buy from a landlord when they're motivated, they're likely to give you a real number versus some inflated pie in the sky thing that, yeah, sure, I'm fully leased. And if you want to make it worth my while, I'll sell it to you. That's not the landlord you want. (laughs) (laughs) You're just giving great nuggets of how, I mean, there's all the time people are saying, how do you buy properties off the market? And in just this conversation, we've come up with several that you could go do. Are you looking for ways to implement ideas, get exposure to new ones, and be surrounded by people on the same journey as you? Joey, where can they go to do that? Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash community. You can join for free today. All right. I want to go back to the topic, though. We were talking about three ways that you could get out of your your job, assuming that you wanted to get an entrepreneurship. You knew the the challenges that it was going to bestow upon you. The first one was relying upon a spouse. The second one was getting in some sort of related field, making money on the side. You mentioned there may be a third. Yeah. And and by the way, the house hack is a sweetener on either one of those two. The house hack is not your exit. You don't quit your job because you house hacked. You know, the, the way the, the house hack, it just makes it easier to do one, two, or three, the, the third option, which the third option, which kind of a hybrid of a few different approaches, which is you either, not everybody has this, 
but you you either need to have like a big war chest of cash set aside that you can live on. And my wife and I, my wife quit her job. Um, uh, you know, when, uh, when I was already, uh, you know, off and running the DeRosa group, my wife and I quit her job and we lived on savings for a year. Right. So if you've got a war chest enough set aside that you can, you know, mitigate, uh, you know, kind of like burn through that and, and, uh, and, and, you know, pay your living expenses off of what you got in savings. That's super risky. I I don't recommend you doing that if you got kids, but we didn't at the time. Um, and, uh, and then that's one of those, that's, that's an angle. And the other one that you could do, which is kind of a hybrid of the other one, which is kind of like, it, it's, it's a hybrid of number two on uh, working in this space. And that is to find a company that's doing bigger real estate ventures, be that a property management company, be that a real estate syndicator, like we are, um, or fi- find a company that's doing big, um, big deals, big opportunities and find a way to learn underneath their umbrella as an apprentice, as a student or whatever that may be, um, and, and kind of work your way up either through their company or learn a bit underneath their umbrella and then eventually spin off. Or as I said, the other one literally live on savings. Not everybody's got, you know, 50 grand or whatever laying around that they can just live off of that for a period of time. So I don't yeah. run that flagpole too hard, but sometimes if you really want to go all in, you want to let a fire under your own butt, take my word for it, um, yeah, that's a surefire way to do it. Well, you will definitely find ways to create cash if you have none coming in. <laughs> you, you will learn really quickly what, if you got uh, what it takes to, to keep doing it. You said something I don't interesting. Recommend it. I don't recommend living on savings. I, I think yeah. it's too stressful. And you could just assume do option two, which is get your real estate license. In most states, you can get your real estate license in two weeks. Yeah, you got right. to go to school for longer to cut hair. That's a funny, that's a fun fact. Then you do to sell real estate, um, but uh, but you know get your license and you can start transacting and start making a few dollars to pay your bills. So, but I think the the more likely option is to find a real estate outfit that needs a little bit of help um, that'll that'll take you under their wing and teach you the ropes as you grow. Well, and I think that that's super vital. We've talked about that on the show. You mentioned Robert Kiyosaki. We had our daughters do a podcast series with us from Rich Dad Poor Dad for teens. That's and awesome. one of the one of the lessons in there was you need to work to earn, work as, to learn. Yes, but more importantly, you need to work to learn. Oh, yep. Okay, you're, you're getting to it. I was getting there. Okay. You you stop. <laughs> I appreciate you, you trying. I'm just to trying to help you, man. You're a lot older than me, and sometimes you get. <laughs> I missing, forget. Missing I'm forgetful. Things, details. Right? Yeah, I forget <laughs> that you don't work here. You don't come. So it, it's one of those well, things. But yeah. job after five o'clock, right? So <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right after five, I forget that he works here. It, He's at least thinking great. about his business right now because it's before five o'clock, right? So, uh, right? But working to learn, like talk about the learning and what you learn doing what you were doing. I mean, like when you, when you started working into those deals and even early on when you weren't making a whole lot of money, I'm sure you were networking. You were, um, as you talked about, you know, the buddy of yours who was in the leasing world and the amount of people that he was meeting in that, that how much can someone learn and how vital is that from your opinion to, to be in a successful real estate investor? I, well, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot to, um, there's a lot of learning, a lot of networking that you either, either learn through, uh, through, through like hearing other people's stories, you learn yourself, you learn through the school of hard knocks, you learn from a mentor, you learn from all different ways that you can, um, in that as an entrepreneur, you don't realize, um, all the things you're going to learn. You know what it is when you, when you quit your job, you don't realize we don't know. Right. Mm. And I think that that's 
probably the biggest thing about quitting your job. If I told you guys, hey, listen, we're, um, we're going to drive from where I live in Pennsylvania to California, but we're not going to leave until all the, the, the traffic lights between Pennsylvania and California all turn green. When they, when they all turn green at the same time, that's when we're going to leave my house, right? So the, the thing is, is that you're not going to know everything. You're not going to have all the opportunities. But if you've got faith that these things, that the, the lessons are going to come, the networks, the contacts are going to come, the opportunities are going to show up. If you've got faith and you're willing to just, you know, to take a right hook to, to the chin and then be willing to get up again and try and, you know, get back in the ring and do a, do a dance again, then you'll be okay. Um, but there are too many people out there that are waiting for the perfect storm to quit their job. They're, you don't wait for the real estate. Believe me, I got through the first real estate crash of 2008. That was not fun. That wasn't like by being a kid in a candy store. You know, that, that was, and if the market were to crash again, that is the least thing that I pray for, okay? Um, it's not something that we should, anybody should be wishing for. Oh, I'll quit my job when the market crashes. I, I promise you, there'll be another problem that you're going to have to deal with. It's And back then, it was getting a loan. Nobody was lending anything. Banks were done. They were out. You yeah. know? Um, and finding the opportunities, there was still a lot of people clamoring over stuff. There's never a perfect storm or a perfect time to to quit. And now's now's a good time as any. You know? And then everything that you don't have now, you'll it'll come to you as you go. You know? Well, and I, I love what you're saying about the timing because there's so many folks that are paralyzed by analyzing when that possible time could come or what I need to learn before I do it. And, and there's something to be said about being thrown into that boiling water hmm. and just finding your way out, right? Because yeah. you, you can't prepare for everything that's possibly that could go wrong. Yeah. Um, I, I think about, you know, I'm going to allow you, I want you to finish this up here in just a second, but you yeah. mentioned having your war chest and living off of it. You don't recommend doing that, especially yeah. with kids. And as you said that I was re revisiting the memory of in 2014, when I told Russ, Hey, I think I'm going to quit my job and come work with you. And we need to, cause you, you suck at getting the word out about what we do. And I need to help you. Um, and my fourth, my daughter, my fourth daughter was on the way and my wife did not work. So I didn't have the spouse to rely on uh, for yep. her, her, her paycheck. And uh, I, you know, it wasn't I wasn't house hacking. I wasn't house hacking for sure. <laughs> so anyways, but the, the bigger thing was I definitely knew it was on the other side. Got, like, seven bedrooms on one side and two bedrooms on <laughs> the other side, you know, for, right, for all yeah. the girls, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah, was but, running a nursery, just wasn't getting paid for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but anyway, the point being is I, I knew the, the why on the other side of it was big enough. Like yeah. what my calling was to impact people was so dramatically big. It had to work. And, and he knew um, how much he could learn by coming to work with me. So he was, he was right. following that learn strategy. And right. Let me go stand a little well. closer to the sun and, and, uh, and learn and just absorb from, the, from, this, uh, from, from this mastermind, right? Oh, right. Um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I, you know, Matt, you mentioned – Go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off there. Matt, you, yeah. when we were first starting, before we press record, you were talking something. I, I want to make sure we – I know we're running out of time. I want, I want to bring up, though, because yeah. this is, I think, vital to your expertise and what th there's all different ways someone can get into deals, right? Either they have deals, they have experience, or they have money. And you don't necessarily need all three. I would no. 
I, I would say maybe you need two of the three. But one of the things that you've become an expert in was how to raise money from your own network. And so I'm curious in there? How, you, how you became successful in that. Yeah. And I want to throw one more thing. There's five, I believe there's four things to be successful in real estate. As you said, experience, money, um, we just say experience, Deal uh, flow. deals, money. The other one is time, mm. right? Time. And, that, and, and people discount that. And so if you're going to quit your job, you know, understand you're freeing up what's the one limited resource in the world, right? Exactly. There's enough money, there's enough deals, there's enough all those things. The one thing that the that that we've only we're only given but so much of in the world is time. You know, you know, it's not unlimited. So at the end of the day, um, you know, we we just we've only got but so much, and it's a it's of more value than you think. And so if you quit your job and you go to a successful real estate investor and it's like hey man i want to go and farm deals for you i want to go find opportunities i want to go find this find that then you can put your time to work and you certainly don't need all four i believe you really need may like one maybe two um most folks most folks aren't going to have money you know coming in um they might be able to create some deal flow with time um maybe they've got some experience another thing is be like oh i don't know real estate well i bet you're great at something you know i i don't care if you know how to make the the best lobster bisque maybe that's what you're great at you know you got to be great at something so br you're bringing a greatness and that's an experience in some world right to the table i know how to sell people know how to do something so really you got to do a self-evaluation and consider the time you bring to the table too you know well i, I love that i appreciate that i think you're you're totally right we we've yeah, got to find a way so huge. to value our time and yeah. sometimes when you can apply hey if i like for joey he, he freed up 70 hours a week at one point when he quit his job he, yeah he's digressed to half that these days but he, he knew that freeing up time gave him the ability to do other things that were super valuable to him but i, yeah. I want to go back to the question on you're you're an expert in raising capital yes. raising money that's for some people, they they see that as a super big challenge and they don't know how to overcome that. Would you give us just one or two tips that maybe come from the book? Because you wrote a book called Raising Private Capital, which I encourage our, encourage our audience to go read. But what's one or two takeaways from that book that, that someone could have to have confidence that it's possible? Sure, certainly, certainly. I mean, it's, it's my superpower, you know, um, and, and I find that why I'm pretty good at raising capital is because, like I said, I know how to sell, but I also know how to explain somewhat complex things in a simple manner, right? Um, and anyone that knows how to explain complex things can raise capital because you got to explain how an apartment complex can create revenue, you know, and, and how cost segregation studies work and all the different things. That if you're a good explainer in layman's terms, not explainer in like, you know, graduate school level terms, but if you can explain in layman's terms the way th the way things go the way how things go down, you can raise capital. Um, and the next thing you got to do is you got to get attention, you know. And so you got to be willing to fly your flag to say, "I'm doing real estate deals." A lot of times in the world, in, in today's world, that's done through social media. I chose to do it through YouTube, but you can do it. There's people raising money, guys, right now on TikTok. Believe it or not, you know, whatever media outlet you choose to use. Podcasts, blog articles, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, 
uh, Clubhouse. It doesn't matter what it is. There's not one good one. Just pick one and run full force into it. And that's a good way to get attention and make sure you direct the attention you're getting. Once you get those eyeballs, for goodness sake, take them somewhere where you can make money with it and, and teach them about what you do. The worst thing you can do is create a phenomenal viral post that is really, really heart, you know, heart wrenching and makes a lot of sense. And then don't do anything with the eyeballs once you get them. Right. Uh, so create content and then convert those eyeballs into conversations about what you're doing, real estate, you know? Um, and then, and the final thing is for those that have a day job that want to, uh, create more capital for themselves and more, more, uh, you know, folks that want to invest the next time you're at the barbecue or the bowling alley or the church picnic or whatever it is, and you meet a new person and they ask you what you do for a living, for goodness sake, don't tell them what you really do for a living. Tell them you're a real estate investor, you know, <laughs> um, because whatever it is and whatever your job is, I'm sure is very, very, you know, prestigious and it's a good job, but it's not going to benefit your business. If you tell them that you're a controller for a factory or something like that, if you tell them that you are a real estate investor, they're going to say, Hmm, that's interesting. Real estate investing. I sure, I, I wish, I sure wish I could invest in real estate too. I still have the time, you know, ding, I have time, you know, right. You can <laughs> discuss it, it creates leads and also put it on a social, what you're doing and things like that about real estate. Um, so so the, those are the, the tips to, on how anybody can generate leads for private money. And the last thing is, there's something like, last time I looked, it was a couple of years ago before, I love the name of your show, by the way, Wealth Without Wall Street, but Wall Street's a great place where we can all siphon a little bit of wealth to put it in our real estate business. The last time I looked, several years ago, before the run-up, there was $10 trillion, with a T, dollars in IRAs across America, Right. I, and any IRA can be invested in, in, uh, in real estate through a self-directed IRA, right? Of those $10 trillion, 4% of it is invested in anything else outside of real estate. So that's 96% of an opportunity that we can go and find to pull into our business. Now, here's the thing. We all know somebody who used to work at one company and now works at another company, Right. We all know somebody who used to have a good job here and hopefully has another good job over here. And if they did, the retirement account they had at company A can be an IRA, right? And can be invested in my business or your business or anybody else's opportunities. So it just takes a matter of sitting down and making that list of people you know that used to work one place and now work somewhere else. It's just that simple. Um, it's a lot more simple than people make it out to be. But then you got to be an educator and go to those people that used to work at company A and now work at company B and teach them, hey, Uncle Charlie, or hey, guy I went to high school with, or hey, next door neighbor. Did you know you can take that retirement account you used to have and put to work in real estate and not put it on the roulette wheel of Wall Street? You know, mm -hmm. um, So, so the, it's simple tips like that. A lot more of it's in my book. But that, that's the gist of how anybody can get out there and raise capital. Not just me, but anybody can do it. So, so great. Thank you so much for sharing. I mean, there's like 10 different things in here that, that would apply to, to someone who's wanting to get into the real estate investing world, how, how to raise capital, how to look for deals off the market, um, how, how to house hack. I mean, you name it, we've covered it. Uh, I wish we could keep going. Uh, we obviously, uh, we, we've run out of time, but Matt, I, I really hope people will reach out to you. Um, tell them how they can connect to you. 
No problem. And we'll just have to come back and talk more about what we'll talk more about the Wall Street and the converting Wall Street to real estate stuff, but no problem. They can reach out to me at derosagroup.com, D-E-R-O-S-A group.com. There they can learn about investing with us. They can learn about learning from us. They can learn about picking up a copy of my book, Raising Private Capital, uh, where there's more concepts on raising money and a lot of my personal story as well. Man, that's so awesome. great. Well, thank you, Matt. And as always, thank you for listening to this episode. If you found this valuable, share it with a friend. If you you know someone who uh, is super interested in real estate, who you think has an entrepreneurial spirit, uh, who's looking for a way out, say, hey, I, I learned there's three different options. Uh, you don't have a great spouse, you, you can house hack. <laughs> you, you, you don't have a house to hack, you can go work for somebody uh, is in the real estate space. If not, you got great savings. There's an option. We've got all yeah. sorts of things. Share it with them and then tell them, make sure that they rate and review the show so other people who don't have great friends like them who are just looking out on the internet for good shows to listen to, they'll be able to find it. So as always, have uh, an amazing day and thank you for listening. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.